Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I couldn't be more excited to bring the show to you today. We have an incredible guest. Emily Whiteside is a luxury lifestyle mentor activating women in their pleasure, power, and magnetism. She is also the creator and author of the storytelling podcast, The Emily Diaries. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I was just telling Emily before we hit record that I love the way that she shows up on social media. That's the only exposure that I've had to her so far. And she had this really great post a couple of weeks ago, maybe even months now. I'm not really sure when I reached out to you, to be totally honest. (laughs) But I saw it and you called it seven days of dating yourself. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to know more about this. I really think this is something our listeners are going to gravitate towards. No matter if you're divorced or not, I think we all come across this opportunity in our lives of dating and dating yourself is a different angle. And I love this so much. So before we dive in, let's chat a little bit about you. Tell us what a luxury lifestyle mentor is and how you arrived at this work. Oh my gosh. A luxury lifestyle mentor, I guess it's hard for me to like label what I do, but the more that I've been in this industry of coaching, the more that the desire part, the pleasure part, the really connecting to abundance, self-love comes through and the more that we really redefine our identity as a woman. So for a lot of us, our identity as a woman has been what we were molded to be. For me, that was very like timid, very shy. I didn't need anything. So every time I'd go buy myself something, it felt really guilty, really shameful. That had a lot of money wounds in it. So I really help women liberate from these molds that we place on ourselves. Like the women, you know, we're, we aren't good at business. We're not good with money. We're not supposed to be seen. Like all of this stuff that we, pick up along the way. And they really help women free themselves of that and build successful businesses, become rich as fuck. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on this You can, you can. Yeah, all of it. (laughs) Become their like wealthiest selves and really unapologetic in who they are and who they're here to be and really find themselves. So we call that a luxury lifestyle mentor because it is the luxury life. Like we get to have everything. We get to have it all. I mean, I got started in this industry through fitness. That was how my business got started. And it's just transformed over the years. I started noticing when I was fitness coaching, and that's what I went to school for. I went to school for nutrition. Started noticing that a lot of women didn't have an issue with a diet. They had an issue with adhering to a diet. And it wasn't because they were bad at it. It was because There's so much programming in the fitness industry. And there's also a lot of shame and guilt we put ourselves through, right? And like trying to get that dream body where we're trying to sacrifice our way there with 
eating very little, with overdoing it. So I started just helping women on the inside, like connecting to their self-love, connecting to their ability to create, connecting to abundance. And it's just transformed into what I do today, which is more directed toward business and toward money and toward dating. I share a lot of dating stories. That's how it all got started. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I just fell in love with you even more because so much of my background in coaching came from the body image side of things and healing your relationship to your body and healing your relationship to food and finding yourself again. And so much of this life journey, I really feel is about uncovering and discovering more of yourself and more of your desires. And I think that there are so many things that delay our desires, that get in the way of our desires, but we don't even know it. It's just an unconscious thing. And so when you can work with somebody like yourself, who has the tools and the experiences to navigate you successfully through those things, it's such a powerful reclamation of self. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And we really, 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 really need it in this life. So tell us a little bit about this seven days of dating yourself. First, how did this come about? Why did this come about? It came about, I was just going through, I've been single for a couple years and really like after a toxic relationship, I really had to re-find myself and gosh, I've been through so many different versions of me after that relationship, but I moved to a new, a new city, a new place by myself without knowing anybody. I had a short little three month relationship that had ended. And I started dating again. And I think I just got into a slump with dating as we do, right? We get into slumps with business. We get into slumps in our relationships with people too. And so I was getting in a little slump of dating. I had gone on a few really bad first dates and I was getting exhausted and drained. And so to revamp the energy... I just started doing these this dating series as a way to like really set the intention to date myself. I've dated myself a lot. I I do that normally in my day-to-day. I travel alone. I take myself on dates to restaurants. I do a lot by myself and I really treat myself. I'm like my best boyfriend. (laughs) I treat myself really, really well. But it just seemed like a fun way to really calibrate to a higher energy of receiving and really put the focus back on me. So the little challenge for these seven days was to do something I've never done before. So I think one of the days, this was back in, uh, had to be, I think the beginning of the summer, but Mm -hmm. one of the days I took myself to a whiskey tasting, which I don't do whiskey and I don't like whiskey, but I thought it would be a fun thing. I did a whiskey tasting in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Um, one of the days I went to this little town and I had a London fog tea and I just went shopping and I went out for lunch. So every day, one of the days I, I think I just, it was rainy and I stayed inside and I put lingerie on and I played some jazz music and lit some candles. So every day I did something that really put the focus on me, whether it was for an hour that day or it was an entire day. It was just a ritual to really deepen my connection back to self and come back to a deep breath after a bad bout of dating. 
I love the ritual back to self because so much of what I do is how to find yourself, how to find your new normal and reclaim all that you feel like you've lost. What's the importance of dating yourself? What's the importance of understanding yourself on a deeper level? You know, the importance of it is that you can't love somebody else. You can't have true connection with friendships. You you can't be all of you if you don't know who you are. And in that, you also can't create what you want out of life. You can't create the successful business if you don't know what your purpose is. You can't create the wealth, like true wealth, like authentic, like I love my life type of wealth if you don't know who you are. And then we obviously can't attract our soulmate if we don't know who we are. So the purpose of all of that is to just, you know, really connect back to your truth, your authentic truth. Um, And yeah, I I don't know if there was a second part of that question. I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember either. But (laughs) I feel like the other part of that is if we can finally treat ourselves to all the things that we desire, then when we do meet someone else, even a friend, like it it can be in a, a friendship or in a romantic relationship or in any relationship, then we're not unconsciously requesting someone to fill in the gaps, right? I've done that in friendships and wondered why it doesn't feel good after a while. And it's because unknowingly my energy has requested that person to be something that I needed or vice versa in a relationship. And when we do that, it doesn't feel good after a while because someone always feels like they have to show up and fill in the gaps of you or of someone else. And so it's like filling that void of, I mean, I did that so often with dating when I was younger in my twenties. It's like, I was just filling a void because I didn't want to be alone. Like I was truly afraid to be alone. I couldn't go to a yoga class by myself, let alone a restaurant or travel by myself. It was so uncomfortable. And sometimes it's still like when I'm traveling to a, a new place, I just got back from, I did a little spontaneous trip through California and mm-hmm. there were parts of that that was really uncomfortable for me and parts of that that I got scared or that like I felt lonely but you know you really learn the difference between aloneness and loneliness they're two different things and when you have that little bout of loneliness which used to be an entire stretch when I was single like that mm-hmm. used to be like I could not sit in loneliness yes Once I allowed myself to just sit and I started dating myself and I didn't need somebody to fill those gaps or fill that void, I started to realize it was not loneliness. Like I can sit in the aloneness and be whole. And in that, we don't settle for partnerships or friendships or clients or whatever the person is. We don't settle for something just because it feels like it can numb something. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're a bonus in our lives. And that's what I've really like learned to work with in dating. And it's so empowering to be like, I don't have to settle for this guy. Like, I'm actually really, really happy by myself. And I do desire a relationship. I do desire love and that fairy tale ending that everybody wants. But I'm not willing to sacrifice my joy, my happiness, my truth because there's going to be a body, a warm body sitting next to me at night. Yes. You know? Yeah. 
Ooh, so much of that was so juicy and wonderful. I feel like what you just described is exactly what I went through with my now partner. And I've been with him for almost six years now. But when I met him, I was done looking. I was done with all the apps. I was done with all the things. I was fully committed to finding joy and happiness for myself on a daily basis. And it was the first time in my life where I remember starting to travel by myself and just go, what do I feel like today? What do I want today? And what I thought I wanted yesterday may not be what I woke up and felt like today. And I would give myself permission to change my mind. And in doing that, when he dropped into my environment, unknowingly, unexpectedly, I could not resist the attraction that was happening because it was no longer this version of me that had to have someone by my side. It was almost this like that all of this is what you want because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change it because I'm happy. Finally, for the first time, I'm being my full authentic self. And I didn't want any of that to be taken away. And it was interesting because people will say to us now, you guys are not. If I had met you separately, which a lot of people have, I would have not have put you guys together and not in a bad way, just in that we're so different. And I think one of my favorite things about him was that he was so authentically, unchangeably him. And Mm -hmm. I was so authentically and unchangeably me that when you feel attracted to that and you're unwilling to sacrifice who you are in those moments, that's when I think it's true attraction and magic. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. I love stories of finding love and like how people found their person and like just hearing all those type of stories of, and it's always, not always, but a lot of the stories I hear, it's like when I finally stop searching, they show up. Right. And it's not that we like give up because we're never going to give up our desire. Like if our desire is love, I will never give up that and say, it's never going to happen for me. Of course, I believe it's going to happen for me, but I stop making it, creating resistance around it. Like I Mm. stop making it the number one priority or feeling the lack of it. Instead, it's like, can I feel abundant and whole knowing that it'll work out when it's meant to work out? And some days it's frustrating because some days in relationships are frustrating too. So it's like, both sides, there's going to be good days and bad days. Can you own the lane that you're in? Can you own the season of life you're in? (laughs) Right now I'm in my single season of life. So I'm going to own that. But it doesn't mean that it's not always, you know, I think we glamorize single life. Sometimes I remember being in a relationship and I was like, ah, sometimes I wish I was single because then I could do the X, Y, Z and it would be easier. And then, you know, when I'm single, I'm like, oh, I wish I was in a relationship because then I can do X, Y, Z and it would be easier. It's all the same thing. And it comes back to who we are and who we're being and who we're choosing to be in life, right? Mm. Like we can choose to be happy and full now or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said earlier about, about being uncomfortable still. Sometimes when you're in those moments, when you're traveling, maybe when you're at your tasting, when you're doing different things, what do you, how do you meet yourself? What do you do for yourself when you feel that discomfort rather than run away? Because I know for a long time, I just wanted to distract and run away from any discomfort. But the newness I realized was so pivotal 
in my healing journey and in finding myself. So what do you do in those moments? Just learn to hold it. Like I learned to be in it and be with myself. I remember the first time this was out of a toxic relationship. I finally left, packed up my very few things that I actually took. I left most of the stuff with him. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever done is leaving that and then also decoding from all of that. And I took myself, this was probably months after the breakup. I took myself to Maui, Hawaii. This was back in 2021. I'd never been there before. I'd never traveled solo so far away before. And I was going to go, I think I bought a one-way ticket and I was going to spend up to a month in Maui. I took myself to a really nice hotel. I'd never stayed in such a nice place before. And the reason I went there was because I'd always dreamt that I'd go there for the first time with somebody like on a honeymoon. So it was kind of this like reclamation of, you know what, we don't have to wait. We're going to do this now and we're going to take ourselves on our own little honeymoon. And I remember I was sitting in heaven on earth, like the most beautiful place, five-star service, a gorgeous, beautiful hotel on one of the most beautiful beaches on the planet. And I was so lonely. I couldn't stop crying. I take myself to these dinners. I break down in tears because I felt so lonely. I felt like my ex should be there with me, even though I knew he wasn't good for me. I felt like I made a mistake. I, I felt like I was wrong for doing this. I could not hold pleasure. Like there was pleasure all around me. Yeah. But I was this like storm. And I was there. It's a 20 hour something flight to get from New York to um, Maui. It was an all day thing. It wasn't like it could just like pack up and leave. Right. And so I just sat with it for days. I just sat there and I was so miserable. I was so lonely. And I sat there and I just held it. And I was like, I'm allowed to feel this. Mm. I'm allowed to feel this. And letting myself feel it and process it and understand it allowed me to release it. Uh, And then all of a sudden, I could wake up in the morning with a cup of coffee and watch the sunrise and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. And I went well watching. I got really sick when I was well watching. I I didn't realize I got motion sickness, but I got really sick. But I did things that did the road to Hana. I took myself out for really nice meals. And then Maui has become a staple every year that I go back to is like my reclamation and was actually supposed to go to Maui instead of California. And the because of the wildfires happened like a couple days before I was meant to leave, I decided just to stay in California and do my yearly trip through California instead of Hawaii. But it's my solo travel has become a really, really big up level for me. And and with mentorship, you know, having help along the way, support, not feeling alone in it. Like that's hands down, always, always have support no matter what. Like I'm always paying for mentorship and coaching. It's very important for me, no matter what season of life I'm in. But yeah, I think, you know, just to answer your question in a very long way, it's just learning how to hold it, right? Learning how to hold that loneliness and transmuting it to, I don't have to feel this though. Can I drop this? Can I let myself surrender this? Can I, maybe it's not ideal. Maybe it would be better if somebody was here, but can I 
Look at the fact that I'm a single 20 something year old in Maui running my own business. Like who in the world? My mother was like, who are you? Like, this is amazing. My own mom never got to do something like that. And, you know, probably never will have the chance because, you know, she's married and been married, but it's just really, it's really cool to think, you know, that side of it. Like I'm holding this, I'm doing this, not just for me, but I'm doing it for women who feel alone, who feel like you can only do things if you have a partner, you can only do things if you're married because whatever story we've picked up along the way. But so it just became bigger than me. This whole journey of building this life became bigger than just Emily. It became like, I'm helping other women and I'm giving them evidence of what's possible on the other side. Mm, That evidence is huge. And for the record, every time I see you, and this is the first time I've actually ever been in your energy, in live Mm -hmm. energy, I am just in awe of the way that you show up. You give me permission just through your social media posts. And I think that's really, really empowering to see women showing up like you who are owning who they are, who are willing to share the journey of finding self and giving permission for pleasure. I think it's a huge thing that you give is permission for pleasure, permission for a lifestyle that I think we've been told, oh, you need to be this type of person or that type of person or have this type of job or that kind of life or this kind of partner to be able to do some of the things that you're showing us is possible in everyday life. We just have to give ourselves permission and be willing to do the work to move in the direction of that and then stand stand boldly in that. I also think that what you said about being lonely in those moments is so powerful. So thank you for sharing all of that. And I want to add to that, that I know women, and maybe you've been through this experience too, who have also felt really lonely when they're in a relationship, when they have a person sitting next to them or lying next to them every day, Mm -hmm. when they have a person going out to dinner with them, they still feel lonely. So there's all those sides of it that you might feel uncomfortable exploring things solo, but it can feel even lonelier if you don't know yourself and you've attracted something that is not actually for you and you just stay with it. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing too is if you are in a relationship and you do feel lonely because I've definitely been in relationships where I felt lonely. I've been in a healthy relation, long-term relationship where I felt very lonely. Mm. And I've been in a very toxic relationship where I felt very lonely. And then I've been in good relationships where I felt very seen. But all of it came down to me. It came down to like what I was willing to show. And at the time, I mean, I didn't know myself that well. So I could only show certain, I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know, just kind of... um would lose myself in relationships. It was like, I think a lot of women experience that, the losing of themselves in relationships. So it helps. Like when you get to know yourself, when you invest in yourself, when you hire the the mentor surrounding love or whatever it is that you want to attract in your life, finding your soul, it will change your relationships for the better. Like when you start to open up to your intimacy and your authenticity, 
your partner now can feel safe to do that too. Like he can start romancing you in the way that you want. Instead of you just thinking it in your head, like, oh, that would be really nice. I remember I was in this relationship in my mid twenties and moved to Georgia together. We were together for like four and a half, five years. And we had plans to get married and all of the things. And I mean, we were still young, but I had said to him, like, you never, you never buy me flowers. You never take me on dates. You never like draw a bath for me. And he was like, you don't even like flowers. You don't like baths. And I was like, what? How in the world do you think that? And he was like, I never have once seen you take a bath. I've never once seen you come home with flowers. Like, how am I supposed to know that's what you want? And mm. it was because I like I wanted all these things in my head, but I didn't know how to communicate it. And when I did communicate, it probably came out as nagging, which yeah. I know a lot of women struggle with. And it's like <laughs> men don't want to be nagged. I don't want to be nagged. So I learned in loving myself and finding myself, I learned how to receive. And I also learned how to communicate from pleasure instead of communicating from, oh my God, why don't you do this for me? Oh my God, you haven't taken out the trash. You told me you're going to take out the trash. Oh my, like I stopped complaining so much and I started to really allow men to romance me. And it's been crazy. The, the levels of dates that I've received before all of this to the level of dates that I go on now and how men show up for me. And I mean, not all men, I've also gone on some really bad first dates, but the high quality men that enter my life because I know who I am and because I own it and because I'm unapologetic and I'm not afraid to show who I am, not afraid to stand, have standards and stand up for like what I want. Uh, I remember when my ex-husband said to me, he was a man of many hobbies. So he was always collecting new hobbies. And I was a little uh, admirable of uh, actually probably resentful of that. Like, oh my gosh, he has all these things that he's lo- that he likes. And I remember one day he said, my coworkers were asking me what kinds of things you're into. And I said, um, she's into running, I think. And I remember feeling so sad that day. Like, wow, my partner doesn't even know what I'm into. And then it made me think even deeper. And I realized, I realized like shortly after that, I don't even know what I'm into. Mm -hmm. All I know how to do is to punish myself for being a certain size and try to run and sweat all the fat out. It was just a very unhealthy relationship with myself and my body, an obsessive relationship Mm -hmm. with, with body image. And I, I just realized, wow, I don't even have anything that I allow myself to enjoy, that I allow myself to have pleasure with. And like you said, no wonder, you know, our partners don't really know what to do for us if we're not even doing it for ourselves, which comes back to the whole dating yourself, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's it's insane. I mean, gosh, body image. I know it's like a total different conversation, but your body image and the way you treat your body is like, going to put so much strain on any relationship. I remember like saying no to vacations when my family would go or my friends would go. I remember 
not going out on date nights because I would be eating too many calories. Or if I did, I'd feel massive guilt. And then I would just be a brat. And I would, I'm not purposely trying to be a brat to my partner, but like, I didn't know how to connect to myself. I was so shameful, so mad at myself. And you got to love yourself first. It's so cliche to say, but you really, truly have to love yourself first before you can really love another person. Ah, it's so true. It's, it's not like other people don't complete us. We have to be complete with ourselves first. And then it's a bonus. It's just like that cherry on top. It's an extra sprinkle, but it already tastes so good. Life just already tastes so good where we're at. And then the extras just, it's just a bonus. What are some of the things that you learned over the seven days of dating yourself? Anything pop up? I just learned how to surrender a lot of the, I think at that point, I was very, I mean, this was only a couple months ago, we ebb and flow through everything. And I think I got to a point where I was just frustrated and I I really just wanted somebody. Like I really just want, I got to that point where I was like, universe, I just want my partner. I'm like, I've been single. I've done the work. I've put in the work. I've traveled alone. I've built a business. I've done all of the things. I just want the partner. Why isn't it showing up? And I think on those seven days of dating myself, I really surrendered to like, you don't need though. And all of that, that I was expressing in that month or those couple of weeks, I was really frustrated was a need. And there's, so it brought me to this place and started just like a new trajectory, a new like plane of I don't need it though. Let's get back into desire. I've just gotten Mm. out of alignment a little bit. So what I learned was just bringing myself back into alignment, bringing myself back into a place of abundance again (laughs) and celebrating myself. And from that, you know, things have changed a lot and changed drastically in the going on higher quality dates. And it's just because of changing my point of attraction, changing my what I'm attuned to. If I'm attuned to where is this guy, there's no good men, men find me too intimidating or whatever story I'm creating, I'm going to attract more of that. Yeah. But in those seven days of really honoring myself, loving myself, giving to myself what I needed, I started to say things like I get back into abundance. I feel back into an energy of peace. And then I start to say things like, Men are so turned on by the fact that I'm successful. Men are so turned on by a woman who's in her empowerment. I think, you know, I got caught up in, I deleted TikTok, but I got so caught up in TikToks for a while where I was watching men tell women and and women tell women that like men don't want a, a successful woman. Men don't want an empowered woman. Provider men, high level men want to take care of women, which is true. They want to take care of women, but it doesn't mean that you can't be successful. Right. So I went into this little phase of feeling like I had to push down my success mm. and I had to pretend almost dim myself into that. And they'd be like, well, what do you do for a living? And it's like, oh, I just. I run a marketing thing and it's like, no, you do not run a marketing thing. You coach and empower women on the internet. You are like a multiple six figure brand. You do all of these things. And so, yeah, all of that to say, it really allowed me to like take up space again, unapologetically and be like, this is who I am. And if you can't rise to this, 
that's okay. I honor you. I see you, but you're not for me. And I have to start telling myself a new narrative because the men that can't hold me are not my my men. They're not my one. Yeah. I love the phrase, um, what's meant for me won't miss me. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I have to bring myself back to that mantra because I can totally relate to what you're saying here. It's this energy of urgency, that need. Like when you realize that you, you say, I need it, I need it, I'm ready now. I've done, I've done this, I've done that. It's kind of like anything that we desire, whether it's that relationship or that job or that vacation, being able to, once we get urgent around it, we almost start strangling what it is that we want, suffocating it, I feel like. And once we start suffocating that, like nobody likes that feeling of just being suffocated with urgency. So I try to go, oh my gosh, like what's meant for me won't miss me. I equate that to a lot of surrender and then nourishing my needs. Okay, what is it that I need? I can give it to myself. And even though I still desire that, I still desire that. And like you said, I I love to say to my clients, hold the vision, surrender the how. Like Mm. we get to hold the vision as long as it takes. Hold the vision. If you believe it at a deep cellular level, let's hold it. And let's hang on to it, but let's not put urgency around it. Let's just surrender the how and keep holding it and keep coming back to this aligned energy that is needed to attract that vision and believe that I'm just moving closer to it, not further from it when I do that. So I just thought that was so beautiful of just, you know, coming back to yourself. That's such a good message. It's like the how is never up to us, right? And I mean, we can get caught up in like, when is the guy coming? When is the money coming? When are the clients coming? When is the body of my dreams coming? The how is not up to us. It's just, we're meant to stay in alignment to what we want. And if that's what you really want, if I truly want love, I have to hold that vision. And I also have to own the fact that I'm single right now. So, you know, something that has really helped me, I'll notice I live alone in, you know, my a, a place and obviously I'm single and I'll get into um places where I love traveling because when I travel it's like new energy, it's like new stuff, but I can't always be traveling. I have a dog and I have, yeah. you know, responsibilities here. So I can't always just constantly be traveling and I need to come back to my home and ground and something that I started noticing is when I get home from traveling, I have this crash. And I have this crash because I don't know what to do now. You know, it's like if I have my girlfriends and or I'm going on dates, it's something that I'm like looking forward to. But what about the nights that I'm spending alone? Yes. And I'd gotten really good a couple of years ago after that breakup. I got really, really, really good at being alone to the point of almost like isolating myself. And I was really working on myself, but wasn't really dating. I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't trying to like connect with new friendships. So I've been in a season of my life of really like, you know, new friendships. I'm busy a lot. I have a lot of a big social life, which are so fun. But when I have those moments alone or a slower season, I start to my body starts to like panic again. Like, what are we supposed to do with all this space? We have all this space. What are we supposed to do? So something that's really helped me is just having these little rituals on certain days of the week where I often spend alone. Like I'm often spending like Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays by myself. They're much slower days. And then, you know, Wednesdays are where things start to pick up with like work and things start to pick up in my social life. 
But so on Sundays, I'll go and have breakfast. I'll go order breakfast from a cafe, bring it back to my place, and I'll put on an old movie from the 1950s and I'll eat breakfast and watch an old like Marilyn Monroe movie. And then on Mondays, I do my nights where I put on jazz music and I put lingerie on and I light candles and I do a coaching training. So I watch, you know, something I've invested in or I talk to my coach or something like that. I'll do that at night. Um, And I'll have a little glass of wine because that always sets the mood. And then Tuesdays are my cafe days where I go and I write. So I'll go to one of my favorite cafes and I'll order a tea or I'll order a glass of wine and bring my computer and I write for the Emily Diaries. And it just allows me to like date myself. But in that, I'm also working toward myself and I'm filling time instead of scrolling through my phone, which is very easy to do, (laughs) or watching mindlessly watching Netflix. I really fill my time with something that's supporting me and holding me. And other things like, you know, focusing on my body and making sure that like I'm doing yoga or I'm doing meditations, I'm working out. I have a lot of like rituals around that every day of different things that I do. So it's really just learning how to prioritize your time and filling your time instead of scrolling with actual things. Like go buy yourself, make Sunday, usually Mondays, I didn't do it this week, but usually Mondays I go and I buy flowers. Mm. I'll go to Trader Joe's and like make my own bouquets or I'll go to the florist and make my own bouquet. And so it like gives me something to do and look forward to that supports myself instead Mm. of like, nobody's asked me on a date or, oh, he's busy tonight and he can't see me. It's like, it doesn't matter because I'm so full. I have so many things to work on and do and I can sit in my own space by myself and I can be okay and I can hold that. So yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, what it sounds like is just putting so much intention around things for you, around mm-hmm. your own personal satisfaction. And I love the idea of daily rituals during yeah. the day and including that as part of your, because so many people think about like morning routines. It's like, okay, but that can become something that becomes very sacred. It can also become something that's so routine that it's just like have to get it out of the way. But putting intention behind rituals that are self-pleasuring and enjoyment. And it's like things that you look forward to every Friday in my group coaching on our Voxer channel, we answer the question, what's on your looking forward to list? Because Mm -hmm. there's always things on the to-do list, mm-hmm. but what's on the looking forward to list? I love that. And setting ourselves up for what, and and a lot of times it's just um, setting intention around it or putting energy towards that focus of uh, what you're looking forward to. Because we all have a lot of things that what we focus on expands, right? So if we're not looking forward to something, then there's probably a lot of things that we're just like, gotta do or gotta yeah. get through. Autopilot. Um, (laughs) Autopilot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I love what you said about, uh, you said something about like when you didn't say when then, but there's this phrase that I have used in the past. It's like playing the when then game. When I get this certain body type, when I get the job, when I have more time, when I, and the when then game is never a win. And the waiting game is often never a win. It's like I get to put, Um, intention around who I want to be, what my desires are, and what I want to create. So for anybody out there, you know, stop telling yourself when and just Mm -hmm. 
go for it. Put yourself in the opportunity. I love what you said at the very beginning, which was, I decided to do things that I hadn't tried before. Yeah. Right? I haven't ever done these things before. Going on a Facebook page and just finding community events or you've never roller skated and go to a roller skating place or just trying newness because like you've said, there's so many versions of ourselves and it's always adjusting. We're always Mm -hmm. making adjustments and coming up with new versions of ourselves. So you don't always know what this next version of you might enjoy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a fun experience and it's scary. Yeah. I have a funny story about that. Like when I moved to Nashville, I, I moved here at the end of 2022 and I did not know anyone here. I just picked up, I sold everything I owned, packed up my car and was like, we're going, me and my dog, we're going. And I ended up loving it here. And I had met somebody right away and we started dating and I moved in, decided I was going to stay. And I moved into this apartment that I'm in. I bought furniture and all the things. And then he broke up with me and I was shocked and like, you know, sad about it. Went home for the holidays. But when I was home for the holidays, I was thinking like, I don't have many connections back in Nashville. Like I had focused those three months that I'd been there, I'd focused on him. I'd made a couple friendships, but nothing significant. And I was like, there has to be this new version of me available to me. Like what would this new version of me, what is it that I want? And what I wanted was a booming social life. I wanted to feel independent. I wanted to feel full. I wanted to, you know, create really solid sisterhood connection. So I had this idea. It was two days before New Year's Eve. And I was still at my parents' house. I got stuck in a blizzard back in Buffalo, New York. And the roads weren't open yet, but it was two days before New Year's Eve. And I was like, I'm going to post in this Facebook group. It was a Facebook group for women in Nashville. There's like over 30,000 people in that group. When you post, no one ever really comments on anything. You know, it's one of those groups. (laughs) So I had made this post, I was like, I have this crazy idea. I don't, you know, I just got done with a breakup. I don't know many people here. I know that there's probably a lot of you that don't have plans on New Year's Eve. I live in the city and you can see the fireworks from my building and whatnot. I'm thinking of having a New Year's Eve party for strangers. If you don't have plans, come hang out with me. It sounded just wild and crazy. It was the shortest little post. I don't think I even attached a picture to it. I was like, no one's going to respond to this. But if a couple people show up, we can hang out in my apartment and we can watch the fireworks from my living room and it'll be really nice. And that night I open it and I had like hundreds of comments from people like, oh, I wish I could come or, oh my gosh, I'm interested. And I sent out message after message. And I was like, I got to get home. Like I'm throwing a party. So I got back New Year's Eve. I think it was New Year's Eve that I got back home. I drove back at some point and I asked everybody to bring a bottle of champagne and a a board of food to pass because I had no time to plan anything. And I figured no one was going to show up. Like I figured (laughs) that like maybe again, two people are going to show up. There was a lot of people saying, yeah, they're going to come. We're going to come. But I didn't fully trust it or believe it. I had over like 20 women that didn't know each other come. And there were so many of us, we ended up having to go on. We have like a, a floor in my building that is more like a community floor. 
So we had to bring everybody there and people brought decorations and champagne and food. And it was just a crazy night, like so unexpected. And that's how I started this year. That's how I started 2023 with something that was so outside of me. I'm like an introvert. I'm not, I am an extrovert and learning that I'm more extroverted than I thought I was, but I so out of my comfort zone. It would make me cringe my past version of me to think I'd ever do that. (laughs) And I ended up meeting two of my closest and best friends that night that I see almost every single week now. So it's just really cool when you start to date your this next version of you and you get out of like who you think you are and you step into who you actually get to be. It's like the world opens up to you. You know, you don't Mm. have to be this shy girl or you don't have to be this, whatever label you're putting on yourself. You don't have to be that just because you've labeled yourself as that doesn't mean you are that. What does the next level version of you do? How does she show up on dates? How does she show up in her relationship? How does she make friends? You know, and I know that's a hard thing for a lot of people. It's not just finding love, but it's finding relationships that are friendships. It's really hard in our thirties, our forties, like to find those. We're not in college anymore for the most part. We're not, you know, like we're so in our routine and in our life that we forget that friendships are just as important, if not more important than finding love and having that support system. So yeah, just my little tangent there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that story. It it's just reminds us to give ourselves permission to do something that we have never tried before and put ourselves out there because I really believe people are waiting for invitations. Yeah. There are so many, if you're feeling it, somebody out there is feeling it too. And they're just waiting for you to, you to invite them. So the more we can be inviters, I think the the more we're going to attract what we're looking for. It's a beautiful thing. This conversation, I wish I could talk to you for three more hours. I'm not just <laughs> saying that. This is amazing. I know that our listeners are going to want to get more of you in their life. How can they find you? What do you have going on? What does that look like? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Emily Diaries XO. And then I have a storytelling podcast where I talk about my journey of like all of this crazy life and the things that I've done. That's a kind of like a memoir that I keep adding to. Um, that's called The Emily Diaries. And I have a lot of crazy dating stories. My most recent, my date with a scam artist is insane. Yeah, it's like a whole story for another day, but that's a really good chapter to listen to. And then on I'm on Facebook. I use that a lot where I just go live. I have a free community called The Powder Room where I do you know free masterclasses and things. But yeah, those are the three platforms that I use, Instagram, Facebook, and my podcast. I love it. And we'll put everything in the show notes so everybody can find you very easily. And I just have two closing questions that I ask uh, every guest. And the first one is, what is one thing that you love about you? One thing I love about me is my heart and how, yeah, just how loving I am and how I truly love people and I love animals and I love things. And I can always like feel my heart expand when I have these like amazing conversations with women like you or new people come into my life. So yeah, my heart. That's a beautiful thing to love about yourself. (laughs) And then the last one is what does joy feel like in your body? 
What does joy feels like peace and it feels like pleasure, but not, you know, not that like fast, like passionate pleasure, which is fun, but it feels more like that just ease, that pleasure, that peace, that like that luxury feeling of like contentment. Mm, Yeah. Just describing it makes me like feel it in my body, which is so, so, so good. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for being on the show, for bringing your energy, for bringing your expertise for all of it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. And a kind and loving reminder to everybody else out there who's listening. You are safe. You are loved. You are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.